Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. 106.7 WTLC, Indies R&B leader. This is Karen Vaughn. And, you know, all month long, I have been giving you heart-healthy tips from our good friends at Franciscan Health. And to talk to us more about living a heart-healthy life, I'm here with Dr. Chug. Welcome to the show. He is the uh, managing partner-elect for Indiana Heart Physicians at Franciscan Indianapolis. He's also the director of cardiovascular research and the director of cardiovascular quality initiative. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Karen. It's a pleasure being here. Thank you so much. Um, I've been sharing with my listeners, like I said earlier, heart healthy tips. I had my first heart scan last week at Franciscan Health. It was so quick, so easy. The staff was amazing. I was a little nervous having my first heart scan, but I'm happy to report um, that I did very well, Dr. Chug. (laughs) I am so happy to hear that. And it's so great for you to tell the listeners about how easy and simple that test is. But from a cardiology standpoint, while the test only takes literally seconds to do, Um, And what the test is, and just for the listeners, just to make sure I know that you went through it, it is a test in which we do a very quick CT scan of the heart, which detects the presence of calcium in the blood vessels of the heart. Mm -hmm. If there's calcium present, that means that you most likely have atherosclerosis or plaque in the blood vessels of the heart. And that means we have to be a lot more aggressive about how we treat you. Well, if you're just joining us, I'm talking to Dr. Chug. Uh, He is with Franciscan Indianapolis, and we're talking about living a heart-healthy life. Dr. Chug, what are some of the signs of heart trouble, and are they different for men than women? This is a great question. Now, let's just go over some of the general um, symptoms that one should be really looking for. Okay. Number one, if we're looking at just blockages of the heart or what we think may be a presence of myocardial ischemia, which is just a fancy way of saying the heart muscle isn't getting enough blood to it because the plaque is blocking the presence of blood to, or allowing the blood to go down into the muscle, things that you might want to be looking for is chest pain, left arm or jaw pain, nausea with activity, and of course, lightheadedness or dizziness. Sometimes the, the pain can radiate into the neck. Uh, and and into the jaw region. Uh, Some patients have even talked about teeth pain. Now, this is where the difference between women and men has come up quite a bit. Women have been shown to see a little bit more what we call atypical pain, Mm -hmm. which is where they have pain in the right side a little bit more than they have the men. Women also seem to have a little bit more back pain and a lot more abdominal issues like cramping or abdominal pain. Now, that's really scary because patients who really have a, a more textbook case, if, if you have any Sanford and Son fans out there, <laughs> and remember, he, you know, you'd say, Elizabeth, this is the big one coming. That's a real typical heart attack mm-hmm. uh, where you see a person clenching the left side of the chest and then feeling the sweatiness and the, what we call diaphoresis or just breaking out in a cold sweat and, and the entire sort of spectrum of what we would consider a normal normal heart attack. In women, we don't see that, that as much. What are the disparities when it comes to African-American women? 48% of African-American women have some form of, uh, of disease. Two times higher, more likely to die from the heart disease than, than the female cohorts. African-American women uh, have um, some of the highest rates of hypertension in the world, literally the world. Dr. Chug, in your experience, 
What are the underlying causes? Is it hereditary? Is it diet? Is it anxiety and stress? What have you seen? You name it. I mean, that's the problem with cardiovascular disease is that it's not, it's really hard to pinpoint one thing. Now, one of the things, of course, that we always pinpoint is rates of obesity in African-American women are much higher than they are in the Caucasian cohort. Projections have been at least twice as high in, in that population. Uh, and that comes with a whole slew of things. And remember, we were talking about sleep. What comes along with the obesity is sleep apnea. And with sleep apnea, what we have is a patient that's waking up multiple times a night, sometimes up to 50 times an hour, um, because they're obstructing airways as a result of the fat deposition in the back of the neck, which is the oropharynx. Now, when that happens, your, your, your stress hormones are waking you up constantly. So you're never really getting that, that eight hours of decreased blood pressure. Your blood pressure is always risen. And, and so in a normal person, your blood pressure is supposed to drop by about 10 to 15% when you're sleeping. It's called nocturnal dipping. As you haven't really had much sleep, you're tired throughout the entire day. So what is your body doing? It's pumping more adrenaline through the system to keep you awake. Well, what does that do? That increases your blood pressure. It puts more strain on the heart. The other thing people don't always realize is that African-American um, genetics, especially with genes like the APOLO1 gene and a few of the genes, um, the, the issue of salt sensitivity is huge. Now, let me tell you about that. If I give my Caucasian patient a load of salt, that salt will last in their system for three to four days. If I give it to an African-American patient, it lasts in their system for five to six days. Well, why is that? And that is because of the genetic factors as a result of having, again, you know, warmer climates, darker skin, same thing with the, you know, to some degree in the, in the you know, subcontinental population. Um, we hang on to our salt more so than our Caucasian cohort. Well, if you're shopping and eating all of those processed foods, though the salt content is huge. And most of my patients say, well, you know, I, I never put salt in anything. I never put salt in anything. I don't have enough, I don't even have a salt shaker in the house. Well, you don't need to. With the amount of salt that, that most of the diets that, that people have, especially when they live in these, um, what we call food deserts, it more than enough takes up for the fact that they don't have a salt shaker because the salt, the, the natural occurring salt in the food is just so high. We have a lot of work to do, Dr. Chuck. We sure do. And we're going to talk more about them and, of course, solutions. 106.7 WTLC. We're back with Dr. Chug talking living a heart-healthy life. Dr. Chug is from Franciscan Health, Indianapolis, and has been giving us a wealth of knowledge on heart health and what we need to be doing. And, you know, with everyone being home during the pandemic and working from home, are you seeing more cases, Dr. Chuck? Absolutely. And don't forget that, again, and the other thing that we're also seeing as a result of, yes, cardiovascular disease has gone up tremendously in this case. What we're also seeing is a huge amount of weight gain and a lot more reliance on food as being sort of entertainment. So all we've got is Netflix and food at this point, right? What else are we going to do? Now is we're seeing patients re-enter back and I'm seeing them in person rather than seeing them on a video, and I'm weighing them, and I'm seeing how much they weigh compared to what they did before the pandemic. I mean, I'm seeing at least on general about a 10 to 15 percent sort of a rise in, in, in weight. As we get through this together, Dr. Chug, what can we do at home to live a heart-healthy life? You know, we all balance our bank accounts, right? And we all kind of say, what is our financial health? And the way we do that is that we take all the 
see what's in our bank account. We see how much debt we have, how much we owe on the credit cards, how much is on the mortgage, and we kind of come up with a game plan. Well, your health and your cardiac health is very similar that way. And what I mean by that is what we should probably be doing is getting an inventory of what we really have. And instead of checking the bank account and seeing how much money there is, we should be checking a few numbers. Number one, what is our blood pressure? Number two, what is our weight? Number three, what's our cholesterol levels? Number four, what's our family history? And that's something we just don't sometimes talk about with with mom and dad and, and cousins. Um, ask around at the next family reunion. Hey, you know, what's been going on with you? Have you had a heart attack? Um, do you know anyone in the family that's had a heart attack? And the next thing you know, you start learning a little bit more about your family because that's the one thing we don't really focus on as much as we probably should is what our genetics are and what they really mean and, and how we can sort of say, well, if I have a first degree relative, like a brother or a sister who just had a heart attack at the age of 50, that could mean I could be having one too sometimes soon. So start taking inventory, getting that calcium scan, particularly if you meet the criteria by, to get one. I think that would be um, another really important tool to sort of know where you stand. And then we can go on to lifestyle and then medication. And then what it is then is a partnership between you and your doctor to try to get that risk down, just like you would if you're paying off debt. The things that we should be thinking about are things like diet, exercise, sleep. The presence of good sleep will drive almost everything else. Uh, stress reduction. These are the start things that we start thinking about. I'm, I'm thinking about smoking cessation. And then we can think about medication from there. And, of course, with just general weight loss. Excellent. Those are all great points, Dr. Chug. You know, there are listeners that are listening and now. They're like, you know what? It's February, even though we're winding down the month. You know, I want to get started on our Heart Healthy program, and I would like to get my heart checked and actually have a heart scan. What do you recommend for those wanting to become um, more heart healthy and wanting to have their heart scan, where should they go? Many hospitals will uh, have a heart scan and a total vascular scan, um, which includes sometimes the carotids, which is the blood vessels that supply or go up to the brain, uh, and also lung scans. And sometimes they'll have packages. For instance, we, I know here at Franciscan for $79, we get not only the heart scan, but you can get the lung scan and the vascular scan as well. And so, I mean, it's a nice package to give to patients. Um, that can give them, they have to meet certain criteria. In other words, they have to be under over a certain age or have certain risk factors. Um, but really, um, it's an out-of-pocket cost. The reason why, I, and again, as a shout-out to us, mm -hmm. um, because we have imaging specialists from cardiologists that actually specialize in imaging the heart, we look at our heart scans and go one step or at least, in my mind, at least three steps more than the average place where you get your heart scan because we also look at that large vessel of the heart coming from the heart called the aorta, which is where a lot of um, disease can be, um, uh, can be lurking and a lot of places just don't even make any mention of, uh, of the vessel. So uh, we spend a lot of time uh, looking at that vessel because it is something that's a, a real um, a focus for us. So I think I'm getting a heart scan at any of your local centers, uh, which are offered um, at most um, uh, larger hospitals, is a great first step. In general, I think that um, you know having that conversation and making sure that you have a good relationship with a primary care physician, someone that you can go to to, to start um, going in the right direction, is a good first step. Uh, and they'll set you down that path of getting getting your numbers right, making sure that the num where you are establishing where you are in terms of risk and then um, making the changes 
that we need to make to be able to get, whittle that risk down. That's the that's the goal, right? Excellent. Yeah, that's definitely the goal. And all of those steps are, are great steps. Dr. Chug, thank you so much for joining us today. Dr. Chug is the managing uh, partner, Elexo. Congratulations uh, on that for Indiana Heart Physicians at Franciscan Indianapolis. Also the director of cardiovascular research and the director of cardiovascular quality initiatives. You know, just thank you for sharing your knowledge uh, with us today. And, you know, it's all about living a heart healthy life and having a heart healthy lifestyle. And you've given us our first steps. Thank you, Dr. Chug. What a pleasure. Thank you very much. You're more than welcome, Dr. Chug. We all have to begin to start the work to live our heart-healthy life. Great information. We appreciate you. It's time for me to go. D.L. Hughley is rolling in at 3 o'clock. And here's your power thought as we get in line to live our heart-healthy life. The beginning is the most important part of the work. Let's get it done. Each one teach one, each one reach one. One love. Peace.